You are listening to sermons from the pulpit of the Bible Baptist Church in Marysville, California. We hope you will be blessed as you listen to another practical message. Have our heart blessed, but we're not going to. Amen. We're still opening the Bible and going to preach Matthew chapter number 28. Matthew chapter 28. And what a blessing. Uh, my heart has been thrilled this morning just looking and listening to the music and the messages that we have already received there. Praise the Lord. Matthew chapter 28 and verses 1 through 6. And follow along if you would. The Bible says, In the end of the Sabbath, As it began to dawn toward the first day of the week, came Mary Magdalene and the other Mary to see the sepulcher. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus, which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen, as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. The last few days has been chaotic. The disciples' week started with uh, the Lord coming into Jerusalem and uh, being hailed as uh, king, and they were looking to him. Uh, we, we celebrated last Sunday, Palm Sunday, and uh, the Lord's entry back into Jerusalem, and the, the crowds received him and were excited about his coming. But the, the week did not end that way. They started out in rejoicing, but everything changed. In a matter of a few days, the one was, who was being hailed and glorified was being jailed and crucified. But what a wonderful story we get to hear. What a wonderful event that is proclaimed by the angel. He is risen. He is risen. Our Savior may have been crucified, but he's not dead. He's alive. And for 2,000 years, Christians have been assembling, celebrating the, the resurrected Savior. Why? Because lives have been changed and transformed because of the saving power of Jesus Christ. And when we look at this whole event and we look at the crucifixion, we see several things. We see, first of all, there, there's a victim, And when we think about a victim, we think about somebody who has been injured, somebody who has been wronged. But let me tell you, when we think about the Savior, our Savior is not a victim. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ was not a victim of the mob. He was not a victim of Pilate. He was not a victim of the crucifixion. He was not a victim of injustice, though there was injustice. You see, the Lord Jesus Christ was a willing participant in the process and plan of a sovereign God who had set up uh, this this, uh, plan for man to have this gift called salvation. And the Lord Jesus Christ was not a victim. But there was a victim in this whole scenario. Take your Bibles, go with me back to Genesis chapter 3. In Genesis chapter 3, we find out really who the victim was. You know, in our day and time, everybody wants to pull the victim card. It's not my fault, it's somebody else's fault. 
and, and we're looking for that, that victim status. But let me tell you, uh, the Lord, when he came to this world, he was not coming as a victim. Uh, he, he came and he is a conquering king. Uh, there is no victim uh, here in this situation. Jesus was not a victim. So who was the victim? Genesis chapter 3, look with me in verses 1 through 8. Now the serpent was more subtle than any beast of the field, which the Lord had God had made. And he said unto the woman, Yea, hath God said, Ye shall not eat of every tree of the garden? And the woman said unto the serpent, We may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden, but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden, God hath said, Ye shall not eat of it, neither shall ye touch it, lest ye die. And the serpent said unto the woman, Ye shall not surely die. For God doth know that in the day ye eat thereof, then your eyes shall be opened. And ye shall be as gods, knowing good and evil. And when the woman saw that the tree was good for food, and that it was pleasant to the eyes, and a tree to be desired to make one wise, she took of the fruit thereof, and did eat, and gave also unto her husband with her, and he did eat. And the eyes of them both were open, and they knew that they were naked, and they sewed fig leaves together, and made themselves aprons. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden, in the cool of the day, and Adam and his wife hid themselves from the presence of the Lord God amongst the trees of the garden. You know, we find here who the victims were in, the, in this, this salvation story. It was Adam and Eve. It was humanity. Uh, they were uh, the, the victims here. Uh, Adam and Eve were the victims of a liar. They were the victims of a con artist, if you would. They were victims of one uh, old serpent, the Bible says, Satan, uh, that, uh, that old serpent, uh, the devil. And here th uh, they were deceived and they were duped and they made a decision to disobey uh, uh, the commands of God. The devil is a destroyer. He's a destroyer. He wants to take everything from us. 1 Peter 5, 8, be sober, be vigilant, because your adversary, the devil, as a roaring lion, walketh about, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't just want to hurt us today. He wants to destroy us. He wants to devour us. He wants to remove any, any uh, reminiscence of your ever being here. He wants to completely eliminate you. And the devil is uh, the evil one. And in the garden, we see the victims, the ones who were conned out of all that God had for them. They were the ones who had been the, the victims of a destroyer who came to take from them all the wonderful things that God had given to them. Uh, the, the, they lost the gift of being in the presence of God. They lost the garden, a wonderful place to live and to enjoy the presence uh, and the, uh, the pleasures of life without regret. Let me tell you something. The devil will never leave you without regret. But God will give you a life without regret. What God gives, there is no remorse. But what the devil takes, he takes away that innocency. He takes away that which is good. 
the very essence that, of everything that is good and holy and righteous and blessings in our lives. The devil wants to steal that from us. They lost their innocency and now they were guilty before God because they had sinned. Romans 5, 12, wherefore as by one man sin entered into the world and death by sin and so death passed upon all men for that all have sinned. John 3, verses 18 and 19, he that believeth on him is not condemned but he that believeth not is condemned already because he hath not believed in the name of the only begotten Son of God. And this is that condemnation, that light is come into the world and men love darkness rather than light because their deeds were evil. John 5, 24. The Bible says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath everlasting life and shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. You see, there was a victim in the garden and it was humanity. Uh, the victim was not Christ coming to the cross because Christ did not come to the cross to be a victim. Christ came to the cross to be a victor. And, and we see that. Uh, but in this whole situation, we see how humanity has fallen into the depths of sin. Humans, we are all sinners. We were born in trespasses and sin. You know, I've been told, I have been taught of a lot, lot of things in, in my life. Not all of them have been good. But for the most part, nobody had to teach me how to do wrong. They might have told, taught me how to be a little bit more deceitful or how to be a little bit more devious, but nobody had to teach me how to do wrong. Why? Because we are all born with a sin nature. And that sin nature that every person is born with teaches us that because of that sin nature, we are born, and with that being born with that sin nature, we are condemned already. We are already guilty. You look into the face of a little baby. I'm so thankful we've got so many little ones uh, around the church and all the children and the babies and uh, young families, and that's exciting. And every time we have a new, new child born, uh, there's just great joy that's there. But you know what? You put the, those kids in the nursery, and pretty soon one of them's got a toy that the other one wants. And now you've got one taking that toy and smacking the other one over top of the head. And you moms have picked up your child from the nursery with a big goose egg maybe on their forehead uh, because some other child smacked them. Uh, and it probably had to have been Brother Jordan's uh, child. But uh, uh, anyway, uh, no, those kids, we don't have to teach them how to do wrong. Nobody had to teach us to do wrong. Why? Because we were born sinners. And being a sinner comes with a consequence. There's a debt that is owed. So we see here in the salvation story, we see that there is a victim, and that was all of humanity. But I want you to see that there was a victor. There was a victor in this story and this event. Jesus Christ, God's son, he is the victor. Uh, he came to this earth. He lived a perfect life. He, was, he never said a bad thing. He never thought a bad thought. He never touched uh, an un unholy thing. Uh, he went about doing good as was his epitaph. Uh, he was wrongly tried and convicted and crucified, but he was victorious over the grave. Praise the Lord. 
Praise the Lord that he was victorious. Now, Matthew 28, 6, he is not here for he is risen as he said. Come see the place where the Lord lay. He was victorious. Uh, he was, Jesus was the victor over death. Uh, as, the, uh, as those that were just singing here just a few minutes ago, death could not keep him. The grave could not hold him. Uh, why? Because Jesus Christ was the victor. He was the victor. 1 Corinthians 15 and verse 24. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom of God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and authority and power. For he must reign till he hath put all enemies under his feet. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. The last enemy that shall be destroyed is death. And let me tell you something. The Lord was victor over death. He was victor. He was not the victim. We were the victim. But because he came for us, because God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son, because he is not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance, uh, because uh, they which uh, believe in him, uh, as many as received him, to them gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. He was the victor so we could have, thirdly, the victory. So we can have the victory. Uh, victory was not just it, Jesus's resurrection from the grave. Uh, the whole purpose of his coming was so mankind who was robbed in the garden, who was conned in the garden, who willingly chose and made a choice to disobey God and sin in the garden. Because of that, God says, listen, I've got a plan. And it's not just for them to recognize their sin. It's not just for me to recognize uh, that there has to be a payment for that sin. There is a plan for each and every person to have the victory in their life. So you don't have to be stuck in those consequences of sins. So we do not have to stay in condemnation. Jesus Christ, he rose again, and that was victoriously. But it wasn't just so we could, we could praise him for raising from the dead. It was, there was victory because God's sovereign plan can come true in your life. I just quoted it a moment ago, but in John 1.12, he said, but as many as received him to them, gave he power to become the sons of God, even to them that believe on his name. Let me tell you something. The Lord, as he rose from the grave and as he finished salvation's plan, there is still no victory in your life unless you receive him. His resurrection is nothing to celebrate if you still die and go to a devil's hell. There is nothing to rejoice about that Jesus came to the earth and he suffered and he bled and he died and he went to the grave and he rose again. All of that was for a purpose and the victory comes when you choose Christ. When you choose him as your savior, when you receive him, uh, he is still the victor regardless. And he is still good regardless. But if there's gonna be victory in your life, it's because you choose to accept Jesus Christ. And let me ask you a question this morning. Do you know the Lord Jesus Christ as your personal savior? You know beyond a shadow of a doubt that if you died, you would go to heaven. Can you go back into your mind to a time and a place where you recognize that you had sinned against a holy God and that you were, a, you were condemned before him and you needed a savior and by faith you said, I want to accept Jesus as my savior. The time that you did that, 
When you accepted him, that's when there was victory. You see, victory comes into your life when you receive Christ. What a wonderful Savior we have. And all that he did was for you. It was for me. It was for the person sitting next to you. But if all we do is acknowledge that he came, that he died, that he rose again, if all we do is, is recognize the death, burial, resurrection of Christ, we can store that knowledge away in our mind and still die condemned. We can still die without the Savior as our Savior. Now, I don't know about you, but I, I'm glad I'm saved. My, my soul was just rejoicing, singing these songs and listening. I'm over here uh, wording and, and uh, lip syncing uh, all these songs that they're singing. My, my soul was just rejoicing. Why? Because it rang true in my life. It rang true because April 23rd, 1983, I accepted the Lord Jesus Christ as my Savior. Old things are passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Praise the Lord. And if you're, if you're here this morning and you're saved and you, you see that, that victory that's it's already been in your life, that's something worth celebrating. But if you're here and you don't have that assurance, what a terrible day to walk away from the church, walk out these doors, still not knowing you're on your way to heaven. Not having that assurance. Not knowing that God is your Father and that Jesus is your Savior. Not knowing that your sins have been forgiven. The whole plan of salvation, the whole purpose of the, the Savior's coming he said, for the Son of Man has come to seek and to save that which was lost. And I was lost, but I'm, I'm not any longer. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. If you're here this morning and you know Christ is your personal Savior, rejoice. Because your name is written down in heaven. Rejoice. We have so much to rejoice in. We have such a wonderful Savior. But if you're not saved, now is the accepted time. Behold, today is the day of salvation. Heads bowed, eyes closed. You're here this morning. You say, Pastor, I, I have listened to what you have said and you, you said you know that if you died, you're going to heaven. I don't have that same assurance. I don't have that same confidence. Maybe you're, maybe you're sitting here this morning, or maybe you're watching online, and you're sitting there maybe in your living room, and you don't know Christ as your personal Savior, wherever we're at this morning. He said, Pastor, I'm not sure that I'm saved. Nobody's looking around, but just this morning, if you're not sure you're on your way to heaven, let me pray for you. Just slip your hand up. Let me pray for you today. Pastor, I don't know if I died right now, I'd go to heaven. I'm concerned about it. Pray for me. 
Pray for me. I see your hand. Who else? I see your hand. Maybe you're here this morning and say, Pastor, I don't know that I'm on my way to heaven. I wish I had that confidence. I wish I knew that I'm going to heaven. But I don't. Maybe you didn't raise your hand, but you're sitting here this morning unsure. So, Pastor, what do I do? You need to put your faith in Jesus Christ. So, how do I do that? Someone shared with me basically what you've already heard this morning that Jesus Christ loved me. He died on the cross to pay for my sins. And he offered me a gift of salvation. And I recognized that I needed it. I needed that forgiveness. I needed that salvation. And I asked Christ to be my Savior. And maybe right where you're at, let me just lead you in a word of prayer. If if you're unsure of your salvation, with a sincere heart, just simply pray. This prayer, it's not a magical word, just helping you form some thoughts. Say something like, Dear Jesus, I realize I'm a sinner. Because of my sins, I deserve to go to a devil's hell. But I don't want to go to hell. So please come into my heart, forgive my sins, and take me to heaven when I die. Thank you for saving me. Amen. If you prayed that prayer, we sure would love to rejoice with you. And we've got some things that we'd like to give to you to help you take that next step in your faith. Let's all stand together this morning. The instruments are going to continue to play. The altar is going to be open. Maybe you just prayed and accepted Christ. Maybe, maybe you're here this morning and you just have some more questions. The pastors are down front. You come. The altar's open. You come. Christians, maybe you just need to tell the Lord thank you for all he has done for you and your salvation. Maybe you're here this morning and you have some more questions about salvation. You come. We'll have someone take the Bible and show you what God has to say. Thank you for listening. We hope you enjoyed our service. If you would like to hear more, visit our website at bbc4me.org. That's bbc, the number four, me.org. May God bless you.